This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast. From an early age, we're taught not to speak to strangers, to avoid going out alone, to avoid sharing personal details with people outside our family and friends. But as we grow up and go about our daily lives, it's easy to forget about some of these basic safety tips that were so often preached to us. While we're often made to fear the unfamiliar and unknown, sometimes threats to our personal safety fall closer to home than we realize. However, by adopting some simple strategies and basic safety practices into your routine, you can remove yourself from various criminal opportunities. Knowing your weak spots and understanding the ways in which criminals may see a target on your back is essential for reducing threats to your safety that you may not even know that you face. At the end of the day, it's about staying alert and trusting your gut. Joining me today is a man with expertise in this field, my friend, Jeff James retired supervisory special agent with the United States Secret Service, as well as the president of Capital Security Consulting. Jeff James, so many people have questions how they can prevent crimes from happening on the street. And it's my understanding that a few basic tips, a few basic fundamentals can be the difference between safety and not safety, and sometimes even life or death. Exactly. And and there's really two keys to it. The first thing is situational awareness. And the second thing is to have a plan. And we'll talk about both of these a little bit separately, but even though they do melt together. And the first part is situational awareness. And what I rely on, it's called the Cooper color scale. So there was a guy named Jeff Cooper who's a World War II veteran. He retired as a colonel. And in 1972, he published a book called The Principles of Self-Defense. And in there, he put a color scale. It went from white to red. And if you're in the white, you're totally unaware of what's going on around you. You're walking down the street with headphones on and you're looking down at your phone or you're sitting at a cafe with a, a newspaper or magazine in front of your face. You can't see what's coming toward you. You're zoned out on what's going on around you. That's when you are ripe to be a victim. Now, if you move to the next phase, which is yellow, you're relaxed, but you're aware. You're out to dinner with your friends, but your head's up. Your head isn't buried in your phone. If you're exercising, you're out running, your headphones are in, but they're not so loud that you can't maybe hear yourself clap or, or, or snap your fingers. Um, so you can hear if somebody approaches you quickly from behind or from the side, you know, you have that situational awareness and you can see what's coming toward you. And orange is when maybe you identify a threat. Like if you're on the street, you're walking down the sidewalk and you see a block ahead of you, that there's a car on the sidewalk coming toward you, you know, you can react. Right. And then red of course is when the threat's verified and you're taking action. If you, and the saying I have, I've kind of come up with it with that is if you can live in the yellow, if you can live in that relaxed, but aware state, you will stay out of the red because you're going to see that car coming, or you're going to see those two people who are walking toward you on the sidewalk split. So you have to walk between them and you're going to take action and cross the street. So 
you know, staying in that yellow, but definitely staying out of the white where you are totally oblivious to what's going around on around you, getting ready to move into the orange. If you sense that potential threat, like you see those two people split, so you have to walk between them, that'll keep you out of the red. And there's some people have modified this a little bit and then they have a, uh, where they call you go into the black and that's when something big happens and you freeze, you know, hopefully again, what we're going to talk about next and having a plan is going to keep you from going into the black because you've done mental reps already. You've thought about how you're going to react if something big happens. So that situational awareness is always the biggest thing. And when I teach these seminars about personal security, that I always lean on this model that Jeff Cooper created, that Colonel Cooper created. And, um, and I tell people, yeah, just and look, you don't have to walk around like Barney Fife, like remember how Barney Fife used to do with his hands up in a karate pose. You can still be very relaxed and know everything that's going on around you. Um, but when people choose to, uh, and we've had the discussion before, you know, when I go run and I, I run past people whose earphones are so loud that I could hear them running past them. I could hit them on the back of the head with a brick and they'd never hear me coming. Like you are taking away a, a crucial sense that you have and taking away your ability to hear, even if it was an accident, like if it was a, somebody driving, had a medical emergency and all of a sudden they're driving onto the sidewalk, you know, they don't have nefarious intent. It's just an accident. They would never hear that coming from behind them. Um, so you want to make sure that your, your situational awareness, that that's, that's always key. Um. I live in New York City, as you know, and I'm constantly out and about. I walk to and from work. I walk everywhere. And it never ceases to amaze me the obliviousness that you just described, the lack of situational awareness that I constantly see that worries me, especially when it's, you know, a single young woman running or walking with the headphones super loud or on the phone or tourists or the like. Just in this last week, actually, just in this last three days, I had two incidents on the street. Um, I was able to react because I was paying attention. And in one, a, a would have been a very well-aimed, well-placed kick at my face uh, while someone was yelling an expletive. And I was able to dodge because I had my head up and I have my earphones in. You know, I listen, I'm constantly listening to sermons and podcasts, but just low. And so it doesn't, it's not that to your point, I'm not living in the red, but I'm living in the yellow. Um, and right. so when that person emerged from the crowd right in front of my face and then kicked, I was able to dodge and then quickly dart out of the way. And because I was paying attention. And then the second one was uh, someone who I unfortunately had a suitcase um, because I'd just gotten off the train. I was waiting to be picked up and a guy that was clearly not okay, you know, was approaching me. I move. I keep my eyes on him. He moves. He he continues to follow me straight on. So I pull out my pepper spray and say, I'm going to pepper spray you. And then yeah. thankfully, and through no, you know, wasn't wasn't my doing, but two cops happened to be behind me. So I think that's what ultimately who, who came up behind me as I still was looking at him. And he ended up walking away and then sort of hovering around. But the point is the situational awareness. And I actually wished in that moment, Jeff, that I had already the pepper spray in my hand. Um, I was frustrated that I had to then look down to get it from my purse, which is a good segue to your second topic here, which is having a plan. So can you share about what that might look like for people? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I encourage families to do, and it's one of the things I do with my family is, 
you know, we'll take 20 minutes at dinner every week or, you know, maybe once every other week and we'll talk through a situation. Okay. We're in target and we get separated or the house catches on fire or we're at an outdoor event. We're at the county fair and we can't find each other. What do we do? So, you know, there's no perfect or imperfect way to, to solve this. Well, I'll tell you how we solve it. If we're at Walmart or target or at the mall, you know, we pick a place where we will meet if we get separated. And let's just say for ease of, of this discussion that it's Walmart. If we can't find each other, what you're going to do if you continue to look for each other is you're going to invariably keep walking in circles and missing each other for a long time. So what my kids know to do is find a, find someone who works at the store with a name tag and, and preferably a female. I know that that can sound terrible to some people, but you know, we both know in, in reality is very, it's very seldom that a woman, a female is an offender and in an assault against a child. So. So they're going to try to find a woman who works at the store, who has a name tag that they can say, you know, I can't find my parents. That's more for smaller kids. Now that my kids are a little bit older, they just know to go to the front of the store to go to the, um, the service desk or go up near the registers, because if I can't find them for a few minutes, that's where I'm going to go. And then we end up both meeting there. And then just that talking through it is going to be that, um, touch that they have that when they get separated after a few minutes of wandering around, they're going to say, oh, wait. I know mom or dad are going to be waiting at the front of the store and that's where they go. Um, again, you can, you can modify that however you, for your family. Um, but when it comes to family planning, we talk through these plans, you know, we're going to meet at the mailbox. If there's a fire in the house, if the alarms go off, everybody get out and we meet at the mailbox. So that way we know everybody's accounted for, um, for personal security. It is just like you said, a little bit of practice and you know, I, I'm armed all the time. Okay. For I've been in law enforcement for 27 years. I'm, you will rarely find a time that I'm unarmed, but I practice drawing my weapon from wherever I'm, I'm carrying it. You know, if I'm on duty, it's on my hip. If not, it's, it's in a concealed holster, an ankle holster. I practice all these draws. Um, you know, my daughter, we just went through a little, my 16 year old, we just went through a little practice yesterday with her pepper spray, just how to arm the canister. And the next thing I want to practice with her is that stays in the same place in your purse or, or she carries one of those cross draw things and all the time. So again, like you mentioned, you had to look for yours. Um, an easy correction to that for you is going to be what I'm going to tell my daughter. It stays in the same place every time. So you can unzip and reach in and grab it. And it's always going to be right where you're grabbing and, and we'll, we'll practice that. Um, and the other part is, um, putting together an emergency plan, a contact plan for your family. So. If 9-11 happens again, heaven forbid, you know, are we all going to be able to contact each other to make sure everybody's okay? If, you know, if I know you're at the county fair and heaven forbid there's a, a mass shooting at the county fair, what's our emergency contact plan to get, get in touch with each other? I know this is a lot to think about for people, but again, thinking through it and talking through it, these 20 minute conversations once a week over dinner, uh, or just as you're sitting around after dinner over dessert, um, can, can put touch points in your family's mind that they're going to be able to draw on. Cause the worst thing is if they have nothing to fall back on, if they say, I have no idea what to do in that situation. So you talk through these situations and you, you figure out what you're going to do. Um, so they have something to fall back on. We're going to take a quick break more from our guest after this. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Can you give us a sort of overview, a basic overview of street crime prevention? And can you include in that things like if you're traveling, so you're, you're not able to take pepper spray on the plane or something. And, and you know, we've heard things like don't let a perp take you to a second location and you know, you you run, fight, hide. There are things that we're supposed to employ, but there are are there some tips that you can share with listeners, um, especially who you know we are all fans of this true crime in part to be educated so it doesn't happen to us. So can you give some tips on on the street and in terms of um, trying to thwart, prevent, or um, mitigate attacks, robberies, you know, attempted rapes, like all that kind of stuff. So absolutely. The, the two things bad guys hate are attention and a fight. They want the path of least resistance. That's why, you know, you you wake up some morning and on your neighborhood Facebook page, there is all these people saying my car was broken into overnight. But really, when you do a little research, you find out nobody's car was broken into. They just didn't lock their car and people, the bad guy opened their door and took their stuff. The cars that were locked weren't victimized. Just something that small creates a path of resistance for a bad guy that they're not going to want. So part of the situational awareness is having, when you have your head up and you're looking forward and you're walking, you know, the old movie, Walking Tall, you don't look like a victim. And I, I tell people all the time, you know, in the Secret Service, we looked at everything we did through the eyes of a bad guy, right? If I was the bad guy and I was going to kill the president, how would I do it at this place? at this time, and then we would put mitigations in place. So look at your life through the eyes of a bad guy and say, where could I be victimized? Well, I can be victimized because my head's down, like we talked about earlier, my head's down, my headphones are in. Um, so if you have your head up and you're walking, you're situationally aware, you don't look like a target and bad guys are going to ignore that. If a bad guy decides they're still going to try to victimize you, even though you're situationally aware, you can see it coming and you've been through those reps. You've had that plan that now you're going to fight. That's exactly it. I can, I can show you a couple dozen videos on YouTube of child abductions where a stranger goes up and grabs a child's hand and quietly walks them away and it ends up in a tragedy. But I can show you just as many videos of a bad guy who comes up and grabs a kid and that kid starts kicking and screaming and fighting and that bad guy drops that kid and runs because they didn't want that fight. And it's the same thing with adults. Um, you know, you, you put up a fight and that bad guy's going to be a lot more, uh, a lot more apt to say, this isn't what I was looking for. I was looking for an easy victim. And that gives you the ability to get away and they're going to get away from you. What you mentioned earlier about getting to a second location. Yeah. If, if you get put into a car, your chances of survival plummet. So if you're walking to your car in a, um, in a parking lot and someone grabs you and they're trying to force you into another vehicle. My mentality at that point is they have to kill me in this parking lot because I know if they get me in that car, I'm going to be dead anyway. So I'm going to fight my life at that moment in that parking lot. 
and you know, it, it makes me sad a little bit that we have to talk about this I, and I have to teach this to my kids, but that is absolutely the mentality you have to have is I'm going to take the fight to this bad guy. And, you know, in the secret service, we would practice getting ambushed. And part of what we did was we would run the run, hide fight, right? We'd throw the president in the car and we would get him out of Dodge. But the other part of what we did is the people who were behind were going to attack the ambush. That's what you need to do. If you're attacked, you need to attack the ambush and, and get on it and get on it fast and be loud and draw attention to yourself. Um, because that's not what the bad guy wants and, it, and they're going to realize pretty quickly they have a fight on their hands. Would you recommend everyone carrying a whistle? Are there, if so, a certain type of whistle you, you recommend? I would, I, something that's going to gain attention for you. I, I think, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like a woman screaming gets more attention from me than a whistle does. Sometimes I feel like whistles fall into that that den of noise like car alarms do. Like when was the last time you reacted to a car alarm? Yeah. I think most people are going to say, unless I was parked on the street and it went off right outside my window, I probably did. So, um, I would, I would encourage people to scream, scream for help rather than use a whistle. But I, I am a fan of things like, and, and we've, we discussed this, uh, offline another time of, of carrying if not mace, also, a um, you know, a striking weapon, you know, something that you could swing at a bad guy. Uh, and there are things that are made, uh, you, you could buy what is essentially about a one ounce metal ball that's wrapped in paracord and, uh, you could wear it on your wrist and unclip it very easily and use that as a swing weapon or something you could carry in your purse or your pocket. We talked about before some improvised weapons. I know I don't want to go into and suck up a bunch of time on that, but you know, I am a big fan of, of pepper spray and, and strike weapons. And the other thing I'm a big fan on when we talk about improvised weapons is the idea that anything you can get your hands on can be weaponized. And I, and I teach this when I teach my self-defense stuff that, you know, if you're attacked in the street and you can get, maybe you, you, your, your first goal should always be to get away, right? Create separation and run. If you can't get away, but you have something you can get your hands on you know, maybe you're backed into a corner, but there's a garbage can there and you can pick up that garbage can and use that as a striking weapon, you know, against that bad guy. Again, just think of yourself mentally, like you picked on somebody you thought was going to be an easy target. Now, next thing you know, they're getting ready to bash you over the head with a, with a, a garbage can that was on the street. Mentally, that's going to put you in the space of being the victim. Now you're, you're the big dog now and I'm the victim and, and I'm going to, I, I didn't want this fight. I wanted an easy target. Now I'm going to back off. Um, so it's not just the physical part of it, you know, cause it is hard for a child or a woman to overpower a man, uh, many times, but the mental part of, of the fight is huge too, uh, mentally preparing yourself for it, but also mentally turning the tables on your attacker and attacking that ambush. What I appreciate about you talking about the pepper spray and the mace is that, um, again, as someone who lives in a massively urban city and um, has <laughs> multiple weapons at all times in my purse, so many of the handheld ones, short of the swinging, you know, I always feel like I'm like medieval times, like swinging a chain with a bicycle lock at the end. But um, notwithstanding those, it means that the distance between me and the perp is the mm -hmm. length of my arm, which is incredibly short. 
So the value of pepper spray and mace or bear spray or anything like that means that you can be further away um, to uh, subdue the perp and it buys you even more space. You don't have to be in arm's distance um, to, to strike, which is unfortunately a last resort just because of how scary that proximity is. One of the things I train in my self-defense is, um, you know, a belt. So I, I show people, you know, I, I slide my belt off and I, I can wrap the long part around my hand and leave about a foot and a half end with the buckle on the end and use that as a striking weapon. And I also, I, I actually, I know, I know I sound like I'm insane, but I practice snapping my belt because if I'm snapping that toward your face as you're trying to close distance on me, it's going to back you off. And I, I always get the comments from, from men take my class as well. I guess I'm going to start wearing a belt now. Um, <laughs> because it is a good weapon that we have around our waist. You know, I, I know I, I wear one every day for my equipment, but I also wear one all the time, even when I'm not working, uh, because it's a, it's a ready-made weapon that we have on our waist that we can easily access. And it, and it does, just like you said, my point to it is that it lengthens that distance, you know, and the bad guy has to get past that to get their hands on you. And I appreciate you identifying things that can be used as weapons that aren't because to our point, many people who don't live in urban epicenters or when you're traveling have restrictions and, and they might not feel comfortable having an actual weapon in their purse. But the point is you can use many things as such. I used to actually keep a letter opener in my hair. I would put a bun in my hair and hold the bun in place with a letter opener. Um, for when I took public transportation in a very dangerous city uh, for a stint of time when I was um, a federal attorney. So that made me, that helps me to feel safe um, in that it was easily accessible and legal, uh, but clearly, um, you know, could be lethal. Uh, final point and question, Jeff. So we've talked about before that many places offer free self-defense classes, and I encourage everyone and anyone to research that and sign up. Can you please share how listeners can learn more uh, via your website and company and where they can go for further information as clearly there's a ton more to learn and know in this realm? Oh, yeah, I, I appreciate you letting me do this. Um, yeah, my company is called Capital Security Consultants. It's, um, you can find us on the web at capital, C-A-P-I-T-O-L dash security.com. Uh, and we do, we do a a bunch of services. We teach self-defense classes. Uh, we teach active shooter survival. We're starting to get busy with that through, um, you know, houses of worship and, and, uh, you know, businesses are seeing that, you know, with them having open doors and there's the acceptable risk of the public coming in that they want their, they want their, uh, employees to know what to do if, if an active shooter would come in. And we're also certified to do risk and vulnerability assessments. So if you have a business and you want us to come out and and again, we look at it like a bad guy, I tell you where we think you're weak as far as, uh, as far as your security. And, and we do that assessment for you. Um, and we're certified to do it for K to 12, uh, K to 12 school districts as well, uh, if they want a risk and vulnerability assessment. So yeah, feel free to check us out on the web. Fantastic. Jeff, situational awareness, have a plan, communicate with your family, know what you can use to defend yourself. Think and stay alive. Um, thank you so much for all of your information today. And as always, we are here for you as a platform. You are a wealth of information and experience in the true crime and crime prevention realm. And first and foremost, thank you for your service, Jeff. Thank you. And um, I was honored to be here. To hear more stories like this, you can listen to our past episodes on the Fox True Crime Podcast. 
Go to foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts to listen and subscribe. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.